Amen. What a joy and privilege it is to be here this morning. Been looking forward to this day for a number of weeks and uh, been in prayer about what to share with you guys this morning. If you'll be turning in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 21, pray that the message be a blessing to you and to speak to hearts and uh, pray that God just use this time to draw us nearer to Him. And uh, just so thankful to be here this morning, always blown away at the uh, nice facility that God has blessed you guys with and just a joy to be in the Lord's house with you this morning. And uh, regretfully, my wife and daughter can't be here this morning. My daughter woke up yesterday with a little scratchy throat and runny nose, and we didn't want to share that with anybody. So my wife's at home with her this morning, but they wanted to be here, uh, but they couldn't. Uh, but it's a joy for me and my son, Nolan, to be here today, and uh, just a blessing to be amongst God's people. I want to give you a, just a quick word to report. Our, our church has been so blessed in the past couple of weeks. I know that some of y'all came to our tent meeting on Friday night. Uh, Brother Kenny Baldwin preached. We had about 40 young men get saved that night, about 50 for the week, and that was just unbelievable. And uh, since then, the Lord has continued just to dump his blessings on our church. Our pastor went out the next week or the week after that uh, to preach to the football team once again. The uh, head coach for the team came running off the field. He said, Pastor, today is the day. I want you to come and speak to the freshmen. Nobody's ever preached to the freshmen. So just in the spur of the moment, he preached a salvation message to the young man, gave an invitation. About 20 more young folks got saved off that team. Uh, this past week, our pastor uh, preached a salvation message. More folks got saved in our church. Uh, some of those young men from the football team came this past week and got baptized at our church. And it's been a blessing. The Lord's been doing such a great work in our church, and we're so thankful for it. Uh, the past couple weekends, we've been doing a judgment house at our church as well. Uh, we call it Souls in the Balance. Maybe you guys can come to it one day. Uh, it is a walk-through skit. It takes about an hour. It features life and death and then judgment and eternity. And then each individual group that comes through, we get to share the gospel with them. And uh, we had about 10 people saved through that last night and then about 20 for the past couple weekends. And we thank the Lord for that. And it has been a time of harvest, and we are so thankful. And God has blessed our church so much. And I pray that uh, the Lord does a work here for you this week. Appreciate Brother Ricky. Uh, he's a special individual to me as well. I was looking on my ordination certificate yesterday in my office. His name is on there, and he was part of my service back in the day. And I've had him preach for a number of years for our youth as we go to camp. And I know that he will be a blessing to you this week. I can guarantee you one thing about Ricky. I don't know what he's going to preach, but I can promise you this week he's going to shoot you straight. You can always count on Brother Ricky. He is going to give you straight, unadulterated truth, and it's going to be a blessing to you. So I would encourage you to be a part of the meeting uh, this week. And so thankful just to kick things off this morning, and I pray that this uh, message will be a blessing to you. I had two messages on my heart, and about uh, midweek, uh, this scripture just hit me sideways, and I pray that it will speak to our hearts this morning. If you want to stand to your feet for the reading of God's Word, Numbers chapter 21, be looking at a few verses here and then a few verses in the New Testament. Uh, we're thankful that Christ in the Old Testament was concealed, but in the New Testament was revealed, and I want to tie two thoughts together this morning about a type that Jesus said was a type of himself, and I pray that it would be a blessing to us this morning. And I want to ask you this question as we go about the message this morning of, have you looked? Have you looked? Thank the Lord for his goodness to us. What a privilege to be here this morning. Let's read in these scriptures. Numbers chapter 21. When the king Arad, the Canaanite, which dwell in the south, heard tell that Israel came by the way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. Well, it sounds like we're reading headline news tonight, don't it? Same thing happened to Israel way back then. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. The Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. And he called the name of the place Hormah. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. 
The people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of the Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth this life bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the Lord, uh, prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it on a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. That's an interesting story. Interesting picture. Interesting type of Christ in the Old Testament. And I just want to ask you this question, then we'll run through the scriptures this morning and jump into the New Testament. Have you looked? Have you looked? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this beautiful day that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege and opportunity, Lord, just to be a part of what's going on in this church. I thank you, God, for the revival that you've placed on Brother Josh's heart. Pray that you would just uh, use it, Lord, to grow this church, God, that souls would be saved, and God, that uh, folks will grow in their faith this week. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to hearts in a way that only you can. God, bless our time together this morning. Lord, if there's one lost and undone in our presence this morning, I pray that your Holy Spirit would convict them, Lord, that you would draw them, God, that they would see their need of you and they'd call upon you for salvation today. God, for those that will be here this week, I pray that you would just anoint Brother Ricky as he preaches. God, I pray that you would just bless this church with your presence all week. We thank you, Lord, for how good you've been to us here lately. Thank you, God, for the harvest of souls that we've seen at Pleasant Hill. And we ask you, Lord, to do a work in this place. Encourage these pastors and encourage this church. God, I pray that you would grow. And we'll praise you and thank you, God, for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Appreciate Brother Josh and uh, have enjoyed getting to know him over the past few weeks. Appreciate the opportunity to be here and uh, excited to be a part of what God's doing. But have you looked? I want us to see several things this morning about the people of Israel. I want us to see, first of all, that they complained about God's path. I don't know that we would, uh, we would never do anything like that. We throw rocks a lot of times at the children of Israel and the way that they acted, but I want us to remember this morning that we're no better than they are. Uh, we go through life and God blesses us and God had blessed them. They were heading out of Egypt into the promised land. They had left the bondage and the slavery behind them and God was leading them to a good place. But they got much discouraged of the way because it wasn't the way they wanted to go. See, they're getting ready to have to compass their land. They're getting ready to have to turn backwards and head a different direction because they can't go through the land of Edom. And the people was much discouraged because of the way. And they complained about God's path. Anybody ever complained about God's path? You know, we're so impatient as human beings. God wants to lead us down a road and His timing is not our timing and His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts. And oftentimes we want so, so, so badly to get down the road that we get frustrated at the timing of God. But I want us to remember this morning that God has a perfect time for everything to happen in our lives. He has a perfect season for us to get there. And we must remember in our minds that if we get there too soon, it might be a mess. There's a, there's a reason that David was anointed as a young man, but he didn't come to the throne until later on to his life because there was a perfect time for God to, for him to be there. And I want us to remember this morning that we can be much discouraged in the way that God is sending us down the road this morning. Just like the children of Israel, they complained of God's path. You may be in a place today that you didn't choose for yourself. There may be some sickness. There may be some joblessness. There may be a hard situation that's going on in your life. And if you were really honest with yourself this morning, you might say to yourself, I'm, I'm frustrated at God's path. This is where the children of Israel were at. They had just uh, had a great victory. God had helped them and God had blessed them. And now they're much discouraged because of the way. Not only are they complaining about God's path, they complain about God's people. They complain against the Lord and against... Moses, 
And it's funny how that this discontentment breeds like cancer in our hearts oftentimes is that we get so frustrated about the way things are going and then we get frustrated about who's around us. That's exactly what happened to the children of Israel. They had a problem with God. They had a problem with Moses. And then they asked this question, did you bring us out in the wilderness to die? They asked this question over and over. You brought us out here to die. It's amazing that we forget the hardships of yesterday. God's delivered us. They cried to the Lord. God sent a deliverer. He led them out of Egypt. He's done all these mighty miracles. They've got shade by day and a fire by night. They've rained bread from heaven. God's given them water from a rock. He's blessed them in all of these things. And then they ask this question. You brought us out here to die, didn't you? That sounds just like a bunch of Baptists. Just like a bunch of Baptists. That sounds like the people of Pleasant Hill... The people of Mountain View, God, you've brought us out here to die. That's exactly what he does, isn't it? He, he opens a door, he leads us, he provides miracles, he gives his provision, and then he's like, I'm just going to leave you from here on out. Just good luck. We'll see you. That's what the people of Israel are looking at God. They're so frustrated about the path, and then they look at Moses. It's your fault. You brought us out here to die. And then they begin lying to themselves. Not only are they frustrated about God's path, they're frustrated about God's people, and now they're frustrated about God's provision. There's no bread out here, and there's no water. Well, we know that's a lie because God's been raining bread from heaven. Can you imagine how blessed they were? Imagine in our, in our inflation days that we're in right now if we got free bread. I think they'd pat our wallet just a little bit. They, they, they should have been thankful for the things that God was giving them. They had nothing where they were at. They're in a desert place. God opens up the windows of heaven and it rains bread on them. And then they look at it and they say, Our soul hates this light bread that you've given us. There's no water out here. And you think within yourself, well, I'd, I'd never complain about those things. You ever complained about your house? I just, I wish we could take this wall out. I wish we had a patio. I wish we had a garage. I wish our living room was just a little bit bigger. I wish this car wasn't so old. I wish I didn't have to work on it all the time. I wish this relationship was better. I wish we had more money. I wish we could go on a vacation. If you don't watch it, you will become so discontented with the provision that God gives you. And what you'll find is that if you had more, you wouldn't be any happier than you are right now. Because those that can't be happy with a lot, they'll just never be happy. Here's the children of Israel. They've come out of Egypt. They're heading towards the promised land. They're heading to a good place. God's rained bread from heaven. God has supplied every need that they've had. And they're so discontented. They're complaining about God's path, His people, and His provision. So you know what God brings? He brings the only thing that gets our attention sometimes. Judgment. We'll sail along life's way. We'll go our own direction. We'll become a God to ourselves. We'll choose our own path. We'll do what we want to do. And the only thing that gets our attention sometimes is the judgment of God. It happened almost 20 years ago. I get a little over 20 years ago when September 11th happened. And we experienced that shaking within our country. What happened? Attitudes changed. People came together. We were united. It was an awesome time. I hate what happened, but I, I love the spirit after September 11th of all the things that God brought us together. We realize that we are a country of people that are made up of all kinds of different people, but we're one. And I'm afraid over these past 20 years we've lost that. And I'm afraid in the spirit that we're heading in right now, the only thing that's going to get our attention once again is the judgment. So we see that God is going to judge the children of Israel. Now this is an interesting interesting judgment that he gives and I know that I'm getting ready to make probably a bunch of jokes this morning about what's going on my wife reminded me as I left the house she said you're going to be a guest preacher at a church we're not handling snakes this morning this is just an illustration to get our minds on the right thing this morning okay 
But can you imagine? The judgment that comes is snakes. Now, I'll just full disclosure right here. I hate every kind of snake there is. I don't care if it's a black snake. It's, it's a good snake. It's a good snake to have around. Okay, in theory, I agree with you. I don't like any snakes. The best snake is a dead snake. Okay? The reason that I hate snakes is they often scare me to death because I don't know they're there. The last time I had a big snake in a barn, uh, I lived on North Turkey Creek out in Leicester, and I walked by and I had some uh, compressor air hoses laying there. And I thought it was just the hose, and there was a six-foot black snake laying on top of it, and it scared me to death. Needless to say, that snake met its maker. Okay? I don't like any kind of snakes. Okay? Any of y'all ever watch Swamp People? I know it's probably not the best show to watch. You ever seen the one where serpent invasion and they go and catch the pythons down in the Everglades? Those people are nuts. I'm pretty sure there's a bounty on those snakes. They don't have to catch them live. They could probably just take a 410 and just blow their head off and it'd be good. Okay? I don't like any kind of snake. But can you imagine this judgment that comes from God? You're minding your own business. You go to open your cupboard and there's a snake. And you go and you open your closet and there's a snake. And you're not looking for anything, but the judgment has fallen. And you can imagine as they're going along life's way, here's a snake, and here's Brother Josh. He goes to pull a coat out of his closet, and there's a snake. You can imagine you go to open your back door, and there's a snake. I don't know about you, that'd scare me to death. And you can imagine these people, they're living in their tents. I don't know how you would ever make a tent airtight. You just can't do it. That snake's going to slither underneath that tent. They're journeying in the middle of, of the desert, and God's sending the judgment for their attitude in complaining about his path, his provision, and his people. You know who it affects? It affects the whole nation. The whole nation is affected because of this judgment. And you can imagine the sentiment among these people as suddenly they're bitten. you imagine how bad that would hurt? The Bible says that they were fiery serpents. Whatever venom was contained inside of this serpent when it entered the body probably made a burning sensation, a fiery sensation inside of their body. You can imagine the judgment of God is coming. Imagine the urgency that's going on inside of these people. Hey, Moses, 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 have you seen how many snakes are out here? I know that we normally have snakes just here and there. There are snakes everywhere. Moses, people are dying. People are dying, Moses. You know what happens in the children of Israel? God gets their attention and they come to Moses. They come to Moses this time and they said, we have sinned against God and against you. Would you please pray for us? I want to remind you this morning that God has a way of getting your attention. You can spend your money how you want to spend it, but God will get your attention. You can live your life the way that you want to live it, but God will get your attention. You can, you can do the things that you want to do when times that you should be serving God, God will get your attention. These people had their attention gotten by these snakes that God sent into their life and this judgment that had come. And they say, Moses, please pray for us. So you know what Moses does? He's a true man of God. How do I know that? Here's people that are backbiting him. They're talking about him. They're murmuring. They're complaining. He should have said, good luck. See you later. Let's see how that works out. But he's such a humble man of God. He prays to the Lord for the people that were just stabbing him in the back. He's praying for the people that were speaking against him. And he says, God, would you please show us the remedy? I want you to realize this morning through this passage of Scripture, there's no remedy given until he prays. I want to remind you today that if you're facing a difficult struggle in your life, if you're facing something that you're up against the wall and you just don't know which direction to turn, God will give you the remedy, but it's going to come through prayer. And God's going to show you exactly what you need to do. And as Moses begins to pray for these people, he says, Lord, would you please show me the answer? What a unique answer that he gives. He gives a prescription. It's an interesting prescription. You can imagine if you've seen these snakes, 
If your child's been bit, if you've been bit, the last thing that you want to see is another snake. But isn't that funny that God's remedy, he said, make a brazen serpent and hang it on a pole. I want us to realize several things about this prescription this morning. First of all, I want us to look at the material. He didn't say make it out of wood. He didn't say have somebody carve a snake on a pole. He didn't say to get one made out of stone. He said to make one out of bronze, a brazen serpent. It's funny that this bronze that he was supposed to make this serpent out of is an alloy of two different metals. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. We've got two natures in Christ. We've got the human nature, but we've got the God side as well. But it's funny that he said to make this serpent out of brass. It would have took time. They would have had to make these metals. They would have had to melt them out. They may have hammered them out, or maybe he had a little form that he had poured it into, but it would have took some time. And maybe you can imagine the urgency of the people. Moses, what are, what's the answer? I'm, I'm working on the answer right now. Well, what did God send? Did he send us some uh, appeal? Is he going to drop a pill from heaven? Is there, is there an herb that we need to eat? What do we need to do? Moses, tell us what the answer. I'm working on the answer right now. We see the method and the material. He says to make this out of bronze, a brazen serpent. And hang it on a pole. And this is amazing. He said, I want you to make this bronze serpent. And here's the method. If you'll look on it, you'll live. Now Moses, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. You mean to tell me that if I look at this bronze serpent that today, that I'm going to live? It's too easy. Too easy, Moses. You can imagine people would have been like, ah, what's plan B? There is no plan B. Moses, what do we need to do? I feel like I need to do something. Nope, nope. The only thing you need to do is lift up your eyes. Here's the, here's the material. Make a bronze serpent. Here's the method. Look. Look on the bronze serpent. And here's the miracle this morning. The Bible says in verse 8, if that he looked on it, he shall live. Verse 9, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. You can imagine those people as they were desperate. Hey, Moses, we need a cure. I'm working on the cure. I've got it. All you got to do is look and live. Moses, uh, are you sure about that? Are you sure that's going to work? That's, that sounds too easy. Listen, everybody in here today can look and live. That's not something that we don't have to run a race. There's not money that we have to give. There's not a test that we have to pass. Everybody from their heart can look. And he told the people of Israel, he said, if you just look, you'd live. Didn't matter if they was rich, didn't matter if they was poor, didn't matter if they was exceedingly sinful or someone that was actually a pretty good person. Didn't matter if they were young or old or, or ugly or pretty, didn't matter what the condition was. If they was next to death's door and they were taking their last breath, if they could just open an eye and they could see the serpent on the pole, the Bible says he lived. Can you imagine the desperation of the people? Hey, I've heard there's a solution. I've heard, I've heard if we'll just go out there, and you can imagine in that desert plain that they were in, maybe Moses got on top of a cart, and he lifted that pole just as high as he could lift it. And in the desert sun, they could see the glimmering bronze from a long distance away. And they didn't have to be right next to it, but just that long look of faith in their heart would save them from the, the poison that was going through their bodies. You can imagine the desperation. Oh, we've got to get them out there. We've got to get them outside of the tent. We've got to get them to where they can see the cure. And it was a miracle. The Bible says that everyone that looked, they lived. Now, the Bible gave one solution for this problem. One bronze serpent. He didn't, he didn't have a shack set up where they were selling little relics. And they said, hey, you just come get your own bronze serpent. Just take it home. If you get bit, we'll, just, we'll use that one. 
He didn't have a booth set up where if people paid money that they could come and they could receive the cure. It was free and it was available to all that would come. And all they had to look, all they had to do was look by faith at the serpent on the pole. What a miracle that was in the Old Testament as these people just needed to look and live. I know that we've got a hymn in our Bible or in our hymn book. I want us to remind us this morning that it's a personal look. Now, this is my son up here, Nolan, today. Come here, Nolan. He said, you're going to use me today? He said, don't pick me up. I might pick you up just because. Right? It's my son, Nolan. Put yourself in that situation. You're going about life's way. You're trying to do the best you can do. You're trying to watch over everybody. You're minding your own business. All of a sudden, you weren't looking for it, but it was looking for you. My son's been bit. You can imagine as a father how desperate my heart would be. My son's dying. My son's dying. I don't want him to die. Moses, what do we need to do? What, can I look for him? Can I just look for him? It's not the way it works. See, I've got to get him in a place where he can look. It's so important for you as a parent to get your kids in a place where they can learn and they can grow and they can receive the things from God. I know that you're trying to instill them as a parent in their heart. And amen, that's what we need to do. But there's just something special about having your kids in God's house and allowing God to speak to them so that they, they from their eyes can look and see God high and lifted up and receive that salvation from Him. Because as much as I'd like to look for my son, it's got to be a personal thing. I can't look for him. He's got to look himself. So we've got to get him in a place where they can look and live. And it would be urgent this morning. I want to remind you as parents, as grandparents, have your kids and your grandkids in a place where God can speak to them and they can look and they can live today. God, what a, what a great responsibility we have to get our kids in a place where they can look and live. And it would be urgent. But I want us to realize this morning, this is a great picture of Jesus Christ. There's many types that we could look at, but this one, Jesus referred to himself. If you want to flip over to John chapter 3 this morning, we're going to look at these verses in John chapter 3 as Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. I want to remind you today that you have a responsibility to look and live, and it's urgent. Look and live. John chapter 3, verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. What great words that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I want us to realize this morning several things about this picture of Christ. I want you to realize that it's open to all. Listen to these verses, 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but His long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. doesn't matter who you are this morning. doesn't matter your background. doesn't matter what sins you've committed. If you, from faith in your heart, will look to Christ, His invitation is open to you today. He's got salvation waiting for you. He's waiting for you to come and be a part of the family of God. I want to ask you this morning, have you looked? Have you looked at Christ this morning? Have you looked from your heart? He's waiting for you to look. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. 1 Corinthians 15, 22, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. It's open to anybody. It doesn't matter if you're black or white, rich or poor. If you'll look to Him from your heart, He'll save you today. Hebrews 7, 25, Wherefore He is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. 
He's looking for you today. Are you looking to Him for salvation? Are you looking to do a seven-step program? Are you trying to better yourself from your heart? I want to remind you this morning that it's real simple. You don't have to pay money. You don't have to follow these guys that are on TV. You just got to look to Jesus this morning. It's open to anybody that would look to Him. He's not partial to who you are. I'm so thankful that God looks at all of us the same and He loves us and He loved the entire world and He gave His life for the entire world anybody that would call upon Him for salvation. Christ today, His remedy is open to all. I want you to realize this morning that just as that serpent bit those people, that serpent that was on the pole, it had no venom inside of it. It, it didn't come to harm, it came to heal. And I want to remind you this morning that Christ had no sin in Himself. He was that perfect sacrifice for us. 1 Peter 2.22, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Hebrews 7.26, for such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. 1 Peter 1.18 and 19, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. 1 John 3, 5, For you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. I want you to realize this morning that that serpent that bit you, that was sin. But the sin that was put on the tree, he became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God today. That, that serpent that was on the pole, it could not harm you, but it came to heal you. I want to ask you this morning, have you looked? Because he came and he was the perfect sacrifice and he is open to all. He became sin for us. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. That is written, cursed is everyone that is hanged on a tree. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Romans 8.3, 8, for what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Hebrews 2.17, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and high and faithful priest in all things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. It's an amazing thing that he who knew no sin became sin for us. He took my punishment, my death that I deserved on the cross, and he willingly took my place so that I can be set free. What I'm asking you this morning is, have you looked? Have you looked to the cross this morning for your salvation in your soul? It's not in yourself. It's not that you can do enough good deeds. I love what you're doing with the homeless people. That's amazing. That's awesome. But that's not salvation. I love what you're doing with your kids and this program that you've got to disciple them. That's awesome. But that's not salvation. We've got to look to Christ this morning for the salvation of our souls. And it's urgent. It's urgent. We had a man in our church just a few weeks ago. His children are involved in our program that we're doing, Souls of the Balance. We had prayer the other night before our scene started. I work in the heaven scene, and we welcome people into heaven. And the little girl said, pray for my dad. He got snake bit the other day. So I talked to him. I said, Brian, what happened to you? He said, I got bit by a copperhead this week. He was working out here in Skyland. He runs a stump grinding business. He went to reach underneath a log, thought he got bee stung. About 30 minutes went by. His hand started swelling up. The homeowner told him, said, I think you might have got bit by a snake. Said, there was a man in our neighborhood got bit by a copperhead the other day. Sure enough, he heads down to the urgent care. Urgent care wasn't a whole lot of help for him, sadly to say. They said, we don't know what to tell you. He said, well, am I, am I okay to drive to the hospital? He's like, well, maybe. So he left there and went to the hospital. Thankfully, he received the help that he needed. He was, he was wise enough to ride on his arm, snake bite, began to mark where everything was swelling in his arm. They got him back into the emergency room there and started doing some tests and diagnosed that he had been bitten by a venomous snake. 
And he didn't look at them and say, well, I think I might come back for treatment tomorrow. Is that, is that going to be okay? Uh, I think I'll take that antivenin maybe later this week. I, I'm kind of in a rush right now. I'd like to go get some dinner with my family first. He put everything on hold because it was urgent. And they asked him, said, are you ready to receive these vials? And they began to pump that antivenin in his body because it was urgent. It's amazing. I was reading just this morning about how they make antivenin. Y'all know how they make antivenin? They take that snake and they put its fangs on a little petri dish and they milk that snake and then they take a part of that venom and they put it into a donor. They put it into a horse or they put it into a goat or maybe a, a lamb and they'll let that process take place in that animal for a few months and then they take the blood from that animal and they insert it into you as antivenom. Boy, that sounds just like a picture of salvation, don't it? That you took a piece of that, that you allowed it to go into the donor, and then you took the blood from the donor to put it into the person that was dying so that they could receive the help that they needed this morning. If I could say anything to you today, I just want to lift up Christ to you this morning and ask you, have you looked to him? He is the only way of salvation this morning. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Isaiah 45.22, look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. John 3.17, for God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's real simple this morning. 1 John 5.12, he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. I want to ask you this morning, has there been a time and place in your heart that you can go back to that you realize that you were a sinner, that you had a need of a Savior? Have you by faith looked and lived this morning? It's real simple. Salvation is real simple. Christ did all the work, and you received the benefit of every part of it. You've got to look in faith from your heart to Him and say, God, I'm a sinner. God, would you please forgive me? Has there been a time and place that you can go back to that you've done that? And if not this morning, I want to ask you, what are you looking to? There, there is no salvation anywhere else that we can find this morning. And you may be sitting here thinking, well, Pastor Jason, that's a, that's a good message for people that are lost. Hey, it's a good reminder to all of us today that salvation is not of myself, that every day that I wake up that God's blessed me with another day on this planet, that I need to be thankful to Him that He's blessed me and not complain about His path, His provision, or His people. I just need to be thankful for the remedy that He's given me in my life, that I could look upon Him for salvation. Last I checked, we sang this song this morning, God bless America. There ain't nowhere else I want to be this morning. You know, I don't want to go to the Middle East. I don't want to be living in those places where people just blow things up for the fun of it. I want to be thankful in this country that God's given me that I can receive salvation, that I've got a copy of His Word, that we can come on a Sunday morning and just enjoy the goodness of God. And I need to wake up every day, even though I am saved, and say, God, thank you. But then we've got a responsibility. All of us have a responsibility. You imagine as my son, as I used him just a moment ago, if he had been bit by this snake. And I had went to Moses and I said, Moses, what's the cure? What's the remedy? He said, I'll just look and live. I allowed my son to look, but then I see my neighbor's kid there, and he's been bit. How shame on me if I knew the cure. I saw him dying, and I kept my mouth closed. You know what we ought to be doing this morning? We ought to be picking people up that are sick, that are diseased, that are dying that need a cure and our responsibility this morning. I just want to remind each one of us, our job is to get them to a place where they can look and they can live. 
God's looking for the people of Mountain View Baptist Church to go into your community this week. And though you may be saved, and though you may have the answer within your heart, you're going to share a desk with somebody that's looking for hope, that's looking for healing. And God has placed you in His divine providence in that place so that you can shine the light in there. And our job is to allow those people to say, Hey, look, look right here. It's not in drugs. It's not in alcohol. It's not in sex. It's not in money. All those things will satisfy for just a short period of time. But our job is to take people and run into the darkness and say, would you look and live? God's placed people all around us. We've got neighbors. We've got family. We've got co-workers. It's our job to run the cure to them and say, would you just lift your eyes up? It's not found out there in the world. It's found in the Word of God. And I pray that we're reminded this morning of our, our responsibility to look and live. It's a personal thing. It's urgent. But I also have to consider all those around me that are dying. They're hopeless. And they're lost. And God, shame on us if we have the light abiding inside of our hearts. And we never open our mouth. We never give an invitation to come. We never share with them our testimony. We never point them to the cross. Shame on us. Whoever knows to do good and does it not to him, it is what? It's sin. God help us to realize our responsibility this morning. I'm afraid that too many times we go through life, we don't have a burden for the people that are around us. We, we don't have a per- we just go on our merry way, everything's good in our life, everything's going okay right now. Are you concerned about the people in this community? Are you concerned about the people that live right next to you? Are you concerned about the people that you work with? Man, we've got a responsibility. Look and live. Look and live. Right next to me at my house, I have two ladies that live next to me. They're lesbians. Am I burdened about them? God opened a door several, several months ago now. I was getting ready to preach a, a message to our youth about homosexuality. I'm sitting at my kitchen table looking over my notes. My dog gets loose. You know, y'all know that God works in dogs that get loose. My dog went running through the yard. I couldn't find her. I ask the kids, sometimes they get busy and they forget the dog's outside. And She's a good dog, but she's, she's a dog. She wanders around. I got to look and my dog had gone all the way up through my yard, my parents' yard, and was in my neighbor's yard. Those two ladies are standing outside. I'm getting ready to preach a message on homosexuality that night, just a few hours away. I go up there, I begin to talk to them. One of the ladies, she's getting ready to have surgery. She said, I've been meaning to ask you a question. I said, okay, what is it? She said, do you know of a Bible study for people like us that don't know a whole lot about the Bible? God opened up a door, and I was able to talk to that lady for a few minutes and share with her what salvation is and what salvation is not. And she said, well, we're pretty good people. And I said, well, you've got to remember that God doesn't measure us on the, the merit of our, our goodness. He's looking for faith in our heart that we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior. He's the one that sacrificed himself for the sin of all humanity. And I got to pray with her in my, in my yard. Here's a lady that's, that's lost. We've had further conversations. I began to share with her some more. I was able to give her a book and some CDs of preaching. And those lives are burdens on my heart. God's put me as a preacher of the gospel right next to them. They've been mistreated. They've been condemned. And all they need for somebody to do is just to share the truth in love. I can't condone what they're doing, but I've got to love them right where they're at. 
And my prayer is that God uses my family to share some light in their hearts so that I could just walk up the road and say, hey, if y'all would look, you could live. I want to remind you this morning, all of us should have people in our hearts today that we're burdened about. Maybe it's been a while since we've come to the altar and said, God, would you just help me to, to be a light in that person's heart? I, I don't know enough is what you might tell yourself. I, I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm right there with you. I, the things that I don't know is not necessarily what bothers me. It's the things that I do know. And I know enough about the things of God to know that I've got a responsibility and I've got a job to do. Just share what you can. Invite them to church. Invite them to a Bible study. Just be consistent in front of them. Point to the cross and say, this is where it's at. It's not found in a seven-step program. It's not anything that you can find in this world it's in the Word of God. I just want to ask you this morning, have you looked? You individually. I wish I could look for my son, but I can't. Thankfully, a few years ago when he was four years old, I know that sounds crazy, but I interrogated him for weeks. He accepted Christ on our couch in our living room. On a Sunday night, you think, well, that couldn't happen. I promise you I asked him every question in the book for like six weeks, and I finally had to let it go and say, God, you've done a work in his heart. But you know what? He's got a time and place that he can go back to at four years old. My daughter's got a place that she can go back to. I was able to lead her to the Lord in the parking lot of our church after Juana's on a Sunday night. She's got a place she can go back to. My wife's got a place in her, in her house as a teenager where she accepted Christ as a young lady. I've got a place that I can go back to in my living room at five years old. I accepted Christ. I want to ask you, do you have a time and place? I pray that you do. I pray that you've looked. And if you have looked inside of your heart this morning, do you feel that burden for those around you? Have you felt that responsibility to share the, the truth and the remedy with those that are around you? Say, so how are we going to do this? Well, I'm afraid if we have the remedy, this is what we do a lot of times. We just go through life and we don't want to cause a ruckus. We don't want anybody to know what's going on. We don't want people really looking at us. And so we go through life, we just kind of hide the cure. We've got it. We've accepted it. But we live kind of, you know, incognito. We're just camo. Can you imagine if Moses had done that? Hey, Moses, what's the cure? Well, it's just surfing on the pole. Why are you hiding it in a corner? No, I think he got it to the highest place that he could get it, and he lifted it up and said, look right here. It's not in me. It's that right there. Moses, that's a weird solution. Well, I, I agree. It, it, it's kind of different. That's what God prescribed. See, we can't argue with God's prescription. Then people could have argued until they was blue in the face. I don't believe that. I don't want to do it. You know what would happen if they had gotten bit? They'd have died. You know whose problem it would have been? Been theirs. I want to remind you this morning, there is salvation in any other, just in Christ alone. I want to ask you, have you looked? And do you feel that responsibility this morning to share with others?